Hey, it's Joanne. And as you are enjoying all of your holiday fun, we have a special encore episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast for you. How big of an issue are screens right now in your house? It's probably big, right? Because everyone is at home. Everyone is on their devices. Well, we have four tips to stop the technology tantrums. And guess what? We are not at all against screen time. Bring the screen time on, but we have a way for you to do it in a very doable way. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We are talking about something a little fiery this morning. It has to deal with tech and stopping those technology tantrums at home. But the tech issue divides people in society for some reason. Well, and it does. It does. And I think part of the big thing on it, like we talked about it a little bit back when you had done an email about giving your son a phone. People feel very passionately about it one way or another. But I think there's one thing that no matter which side of tech, I don't want to say argument, but which side of the, the tech world you're on, either like it's okay for kids to have screens or it's not okay for them to ever have screens at all. Everybody has tantrums. Everybody has the tech mm-hmm. tantrums within their household. At some point, you got to say that it's time to stop using, time to stop being on YouTube, time to stop playing video games, whatever. And there's going to be someone that's going to be like, no, no, <laughs> I got I mean, my heart's been ripped out. If you had to take away my cell phone, oh my gosh, I would be so mad. Like, could you think about th- think about it? Like, you're here, you're going through Instagram, and all of a sudden, someone's like, "Okay, your time's up, hand it over." Be like, "No, there was like this video I was watching of this dog." And he- <laughs> how'd you know what I'm doing on my Instagram? What? what? No. <laughs> no, that's I'm what kidding. I do on I, my Instagram all the I time. Just- I just, we all know all that Brie looks at on the internet are, are funny videos of cats and dogs. That's what I use. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to tell you an account then. It's Harvey the Rescue. That You should go and look at this account, Harvey the Rescue. And I love it because it looks like my dog. He looks like my old dog, Lily, but he Aww. definitely has the personality of Addie. And so like, I just love watching it, but she posts the cutest videos of him just being adorable. Like, I'm pretty sure he's a staffy. She says he's a pit bull. I think she, he's a staffy because he looks exactly like my dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a quick shout out there because it's squirrel, shiny object squirrel girl. It's what we are all about here at No Guilt Mom. Well, okay. If we're gonna if we're gonna share one, then I pers- I like Tatum. Uh, Tatum, Tatum? Is on, Tatum is on TikTok. It's the dog, oh. it's like with the bow tie. I like Tatum. Tatum's funny. Oh, <laughs> is it a little Tatum, dog? Tatum wants his nuggets. No. No, he's a bigger one. I want to say that he's also like a pit mix. But anyway, regardless, I love Tatum. Tatum is, is hilarious like, as well. But it's it's good to note because we adults, we also have the technology addictions too. And they serve as entertainment, but also they get a little too much. There's times where I've been pulled into my phone and 45 minutes passes that I said I would do something else during that time. And I look back and I'm like, well, crap. And it comes to a point where you just want the phone not to have as much control over you. Right. And I think that's what we want for our kids too. We don't want our kids to be controlled by the phone. We want them to have the control over it. 
Right. And we know that there's a lot that we're up against as parents. We know that games, technology, a lot of the apps on phones and on screen devices are created in a certain manner to get you to be addicted and to to want to do it over and over again. But regardless, we have to be able to to extract from it in some way, shape or form. So that's what we're hoping to do today. Yeah. And in our balance membership this coming up, they're doing a digital detox, something for parents and for kids. And don't worry, we're not going to ask you to like give up all your tech devices. It's more of a let's scale back. Let's become more intentional. Let's gain back the control we have of our time and see what else opens up in that time as well. So look for that. We have a link in the show notes uh, to join that. And we're going to let you know how to stop those technology tantrums at home in this episode. So let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so here's the problem that I'm just going to say that that we pretty much all have. You've established screen time boundaries or household rules in your in your family, right? Everybody knows them. Yet it feels like every time that you have to tell your kids it's time to either shut off the video games, turn off YouTube, put down their phone. Everybody starts whining and crying. They tell you that you're lame. Oh, so and so's parents don't make me do this. That's a big one I get from my teen. But so-and-so's mm-hmm. parents don't do that kind of stuff. Or even worse yet, this is a lot of times with like, I see a lot with the younger kids. You get full out tantrums. We're talking screaming. We're talking crying. We're talking throwing stuff. And it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And I think that a lot of people like see the tantrums and they're like, oh my gosh, my kids are addicted. They're addicted to technology. Oh, That's yeah. why these tantrums are happening. And we're here to tell you, Oh, that's not really the whole issue going on. Like it's a it's typical. It's not necessarily. Yeah, it's not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah, it's and a you're typical not child behavior. And you're not alone. Exactly. Like it's something that whenever kids are asked to do something that they don't want to do, they're gonna they're gonna have a tantrum. They're gonna have a fight. But technology seems to be a really really sticking point in a lot of households because one, we have this pressure that too much screen time is bad. And somehow Mm -hmm. it is our failings as moms in particular, if we let our kids have too much screen time. Well, yeah, because, okay, well, first of all, if you have anybody in your life that says that they have the the perfect screen time system set up and their kids never complain, that is sus right there. I don't trust that that person. (laughs) That's not happening. (laughs) I don't trust them that every time without fail, their kids are happily like, what time to put down your phone? Okay, mother, here you go. Here you go. May I go clean the kitchen now? Yes, yes, right. Would you like us to go dance through the hills and sing a song with the family? Like, no, that doesn't really. Forget the piccolo. Yes, that is sus right there. And second of all, like you said, like as moms, and now I I will admit, all caretakers do deal with this. 
100% deal with kids being upset when a, a rule is enforced or a boundary is enforced that, that the child doesn't want to have necessarily enforced. But moms often bear the brunt of it because of the fact that we're often the main caregiver. We're often the, we're, the default parent. We're the ones that are around the, the kids. The default parent, mm-hmm. Ooh, as Eve Rodsky right. likes to say. That's from Eve Rodsky, default oh, parent. Mm-hmm. I like that, the she yeah. default parent, because like we're often mm-hmm. the main caretakers. So we're the ones that have to face it the most, which I think is what gives us sometimes this unfair thought process of Bob. We've talked about that before, like that voice in our head that says, oh, you're screwing this up because blah, blah, blah. Or even worse yet, and this is the one that happens that I hate it. Somebody else chimes in. So like maybe you're trying to take away screens, whatever, right? Grandma mm-hmm. and grandpa are there. Or your, <laughs> your parenting partner is there. Or your sister who doesn't quite have kids yet or has kids, but like in a different age group, you know, and they all like to say like, well, my kids don't do that. Or your kids shouldn't be doing that right now. They really shouldn't be. You know why they're acting like that? Because they're addicted because you're doing it wrong. Be or let them have, let, or here's another one. Let them have their screen time. They're only kids. What's it going to do? Like just goes against you in any way regarding yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Right yeah. there. We call BS on that situation. That is no, 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 no. And no, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not fair that you take on everybody else's judgment because you're trying to withhold, you're trying to enforce, enforce the healthy boundaries that your family has set aside for screen time. So yeah, it's one of those situations where if if I am in that same situation with somebody and maybe they do something parenting wise that I might necessarily do with my own kids, I keep my mouth shut. You keep your mouth shut. And if anyone else is coming in and telling you like, what to do with your kids, they need to keep their mouth shut. It's not something that parents need on their plate because when I go into those situations, I'm like, look, I don't know the whole scenario. I don't know what they've had to deal with before regarding this. I don't know the other challenges they're dealing with regarding this. So I have no business inserting my opinion in at this moment because I'm probably absolutely wrong. Well, the and that's what thing, everyone is who comes in with your, with, with issues when people, you know, yeah. when you set screen time limits. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I think that when you're going through it in the moment, and especially if your kid is having an outburst of some way, shape or form, or is challenging you, mm-hmm. there is that aspect of you're upset. We, we just recorded another episode that, that aired a couple weeks before this one about like how you need to, when you feel like your kids are trying to push your buttons, how you need to like take them, recognize your emotions yourself, take a moment, separate, da, da, da. You can't take that feedback or judgment from somebody else in any way of a constructive manner when you're going Mm -hmm. through those emotional, like when you're feeling all the feelings of your kids pushing back against a boundary. I I don't want to say like having a tantrum acting out, but Really, I guess that is what it is. So like, you can't take that at that moment. So Mm -hmm. if you really feel like you have advice to offer later and you don't just offer it, you just like, so how did you feel about that? You know, off support to your your friend or your daughter or your sister or whomever, your spouse, because you know it's hard. It's hard. It's support first. It's always support yeah. first. Yeah. And that's all. What, whatever I see other parents, I am always supporting first. Yeah. I am like, oh my gosh, this is a really tough situation. Like kids yeah. are the worst. <laughs> and I think, well, and we need to they're know not- that. 
Like, as moms, like, we need to support one another from that stupid voice in our head that's telling us we're screwing up and doing everything wrong and we're the worst possible parent in the world and we have no idea what we're talking about. We need to support each other so that we know that we're not alone. So, like, everybody has this struggle. At some point in time, everybody has had a kid throw a fit about the fact that there's been a boundary on technology in their household. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day and it makes me feel energized even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot AG1 tastes really good too and I enjoy my glass every single morning AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with AG1 Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yeah. And, and like cool you said, you is. and I do. We have an, a, a routine set up at night where um, our lights dim down to like just 5% when we're mm-hmm. supposed to turn our screens off. Like, Because my husband and I, we get in bed at night, we do our Wordle, we do our, our, our spelling bee, and sometimes we'll do our looking up our, our funny videos on TikTok or Instagram, whatever. But we found that we were really bad about stopping it. So we have that light that goes on. The whole point of the story is, is that when the light goes on, I get mad. I get frustrated sometimes because I'm like, I was in the middle of a really, really cute dog video. And this dog is like, yeah. really, really funny. And I want to keep watching it because it gives me those positive brain chemicals going on. And I'm forgetting which one at the moment. But it gives you all of that. There we go. The positive endorphins. Yeah. But yeah. But it still happens. So my point is, is that I get mad at a freaking light when it tells yeah. me that I have a boundary. So yeah, yeah. It's normal for kids to react negatively. It but is there totally, are things you can totally do. normal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, the first thing you could do is first agree on those limits with your kids. This is different from agreeing on limits yourself and trying to enforce them with your kids. I'm saying to have a discussion with your kids and agree on the limits together because this is your first step in the battle. If they agree to something and then go the extra step and have them write it down and post it on the refrigerator, there's a lot less to fight over in the moment because you've already had the discussion. You've already set the limits. And it's so, so helpful going through these tantrums if you have those agreed on limits. Right. And I think some of the good ways that, or some of the positive ways that you can do that, it's family meetings. I love family meetings. But when you're having it, so this is an important one to do with all ages. And I know that we went over this recently and I'm trying to remember who we went over it with. I think it was with Andrea Davis. Yes, this was Andrea Davis. It was with Andrea Davis. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like you have a family meeting and you talk about with your kids, first of all, What are all the positives of screen time, technology time, however you want to word it, right? What are all the positives? What are the negatives about it? Because no matter how Mm -hmm. old your kid is, if they are five, six, 16, they will be able to identify some of the positives and some of the negatives. And then it's not you preaching to them the whole time. Mm -hmm. Because that's when it, yeah, that's when they kind of like stop listening and you start getting frustrated because- they're just being talked to and they and they feel like they don't really have a voice in it. So mm-hmm. I always want to like throw that out there. Definitely make sure that when you're having this, and like you said, Joanne, when you're talking about and agreeing on limits, make sure that you really are agreeing on limits and that some way, shape or form, your kids feel heard because then they're going to have yeah. more buy-in to what you're talking about. And agreeing at a time where you're not trying to enforce the made up upon limits. Here's where this won't work. If you're like, Hey, kiddo, you've had like so much screen time today. Let's come over here and let's talk on some limits to use for the screen time. That's that's going to blow up in your face because right then yeah. they're going to oh, be yeah. mad that they were stopped on screen time to talk about limits. The same goes for like, okay, let's have a family meeting on this right now. No, right. Or asking them in the moment, what's bad about screen time? They're going to be like, I don't know. I don't right. know. Because they are so emotionally charged from being taken away from an activity that they're in the middle of and engaged in that it's going to backfire. So with agreeing on limits and with family meetings, it's good to set a time for the future so that Mm -hmm. everyone can think about it. Everyone can come in calm. It's not interrupting anything. Yeah. And you can come in with your game plan. Matter of fact, I always suggest that like talk to your, if you have a parenting partner in the home with you, talk to that parenting partner beforehand. You guys come in with your game plan of what ideally you would like to walk out of the family meeting with as your limits. But realize that you might want to concede on on some small points to get to that big win at the end. So so what I'm saying is like, let's say you come in and you're like, hey, I want to make sure that we do no more than two hours of screen time every single day. And, and that's probably even, I, I don't know. That's just what I'm with out there. Two hours every single day, no more than that. And your kids are like, well, you know, I really like to do this. And when I add them together, that makes like two and a half hours. Can we please get two and a half hours? And you're thinking to yourself in your head, no, I said two hours. Maybe be willing to negotiate a little bit now. And then you can mm-hmm. try to pull off of it later. Like it's just, yeah, it's that whole give and take. Yeah. I like in our house, we do, we have two hours a day. However, 
it is two hours a day for, well, it's just my son because my daughter's at the time now where we're having discussions about it and mental health, because I know she's going to be in college in a few years and she needs to manage this herself. Um, But my son, he's very much on the the time limits and uh, he gets two hours to use at his leisure. Now that is not saying that he only gets that time per day. There are circumstances where he can ask for more time, which we can give in, which we can get into a little bit later, but know that if you have a set time, it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. If you go over that time with screen time, it just means that this is the limit and they're going to have to do something a little bit extra maybe to get more if they want it or have, or it's like other circumstances, but we can get into that a little bit later. Right. I was going to say, that's a good point. I know I'm looking at our list. And I know that's a little further yep. down on the list. It's so, on there. It's down there. I'm so, jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. But it's a good point. So first, so the first things first is agree on the limits at a time where nobody is currently using their technology. So like have yes. a preset time that is agreed upon. We're all going to talk about it family meetings. I personally love to bribe my kids with good food for my kids to get them to buy in. I have to go get, we normally do pizza for my son and then my daughter gets to pick a dessert. (laughs) And like, that's, Mm. that is the draw in to get them, everybody there in a decent mood so we can have a decent conversation. So you have the meeting, you agree on limits. What's the next Mm -hmm. thing you do? I know we kind of talked about this one too, a little bit. Use an outside device to set the limits. Like don't put yourself in the position of a police. Because that yeah, is not it's fun. exhausting. It's, not it's fun. exhausting. If right? you're the one having to keep the time, yeah, it is exhausting. And if you're having to keep the time, that is your mental energy being spent on tracking what time is used, which you could be using for different things. So use an outside device, whether that is Google Family Link, which is a great one we've used for a while, whether it's Apple Screen Time, whether it is uh, Microsoft Family, which we're using right now because my son has a PC he plays Roblox on, and that helps keep those screen time limits there. Um, Whatever it is, all it needs to be is something that will turn the device off when the time is reached. You don't have to go into like the big security things. Because those come at different times. Like you have conversations with kids. We're only talking about the amount of time used, but it's so helpful. Have that outside advice. There are so many ways that you can do this where you don't have to necessarily, like you said, be the police. I want to say you don't necessarily have to be the bad guy um, Mm -hmm. as well. So there are ways to, to make it so that you're not having to take on the brunt of policing everything all the time and use it for your own mental health, for your own mental health as a mom. (laughs) And I know that it comes up that how do you do it when your screen time is TV time and electronics time? I wouldn't recommend putting TV time in that screen time allowance because it is just too hard to control. And that's the only reason. Yeah. I would say in that case, like it just, it depends on every family and every situation and and how mm-hmm. they're doing the, the TV and the screen time and all that kind of stuff. So just to share real quick on my own thing, like at one point I thought I had it figured out slightly and my, the house that I'm living in now, I've been here for the last four years. When we moved in right from the get-go, I told the kid, no TVs in your bedroom. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. 
And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Right. We're, you're not mm-hmm. going to have a TV in your bedroom. And so we only have two TVs in this house. One, if you're watching the, the video, like it's, uh, you've seen it before. It's on the wall uh, in my mm-hmm. bedroom. There's one in here and then there's one in our living room and that is it. And I thought I was, I was smart, Joanne, when that happened. Cause my kids were in like elementary, early middle. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah I got this covered. Cause there's no way they'll be able to watch TV in their rooms. Except for the fact that they all got, you know, laptops and smart devices mm-hmm. eventually. And so then now they're in there watching Netflix on their smart device. So they ended yeah. up finding their own little way around it. But the point being is that there might be a time when you can include screen time in that technology, but know that as they get older, it's going to be a lot harder to keep that control on it. And again, it gives you that much more opportunities to feel like you're failing if you can't control it. And that is something that yeah. is really hard to control. There's a lot of little ways to and help I'll, them get in. Also, can we give a little tangent, little tangent yeah. here? Um, I love because I, th- I think that TV has been really demonized by our society, particularly American culture. And like in European cultures, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. So I have no no way to speak to that. But um, something about TV is that it's relaxing. It's great to dig into a story of a show. You learn some things too if you're watching docs. You like see human empathy at work if you're watching like good fiction television. And there's so much great stuff about TV. The point is, and I'm coming off of this just from reading Trisha Hersey's book called Rest as Resistance. It's all about how rest is really not observed in our society whatsoever. It is not honored. It is think as like sloth and laziness. Trisha Hersey writes this from her experience as a black woman and how uh, black people have been used, their bodies have been used for like capitalism as machines. 
and how rest is just not something given, but it pertains to a lot of our society. We're very capitalist society where our bodies are treated as machines instead of allowing to rest. And I think TVs rest. And so I was wondering, that's the reason I bring this up. Do you think that a lot of the pushback against television is this pushback against rest and not being productive? Well, I think a lot of people have a thought process that if you're sitting down, you're not being productive. Mm -hmm. And they beat themselves up for that. So I think that's a huge Mm -hmm. thing right there. I think that I'm on the mindset too, that I do believe that what you do that is enjoyable to you is rest. Another example would be, and again, like how, how that's different for people. My ex-husband used to like his, the way his brain would relax at night is he would watch TV and fall asleep to the television. That Mm -hmm. didn't work for me. It kept me awake. And I, so like for him in a case like that, watching something and just having that noise on in the background of something mundane whatever that helped him actually rest and relax me it fired Mm -hmm. me up so but at the same time like if I've had a really busy day and I'm just physically exhausted from either what I was doing or I'm emotionally exhausted from a really like emotional day I'll want to do something that I don't have to be that invested in and so like you said like maybe sitting down and watching a documentary or watching a favorite movie or something like I'm I'm in a bad mood I want to watch something that's gonna I want to have something that's gonna make me laugh and watching the project runway whatever it is and again everybody's different like my kids yeah like if there's somebody else here I might want to go hang out with them or maybe I don't maybe they're the reason I'm emotionally exhausted I don't know yeah but because I mean if you really think to it what is the real reason behind not wanting kids to watch tv because the real reason I'm seeing is that they're doing nothing and they're not being productive or growing their brains which I think is very achievement-based and doesn't promote the wonderfulness of doing nothing. I think that everybody's going to have their different opinions on that and every family is going to mm-hmm. be different. And I think that yeah. I could see a lot of people giving us pushback on that one. But at the same time, I could see a lot of people sighing a breath of relief going like, oh, thank God that's okay. Because I thought it was terrible that my kid was, yeah. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but what I'm tired about is this automatic being, demonization yes. of television. Yeah, a and being like it's totally it's bad. bad. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not totally bad. It's a form of rest and entertainment. Entertainment is not bad. I used to work <laughs> in entertainment. It is like a multi-billion dollar industry if we're looking at it from an achievement basis. Right. I see it all the time and I'm like, but why? There's always that nagging thought, but why is it so bad? And I'm not seeing it. No, across the board, no. Yeah. So I, mean, I think sometimes so, that's how our family yeah. bonds too in our household is watching yeah. something together. I especially love getting to watch a series with my kids because they're teens yeah. and I feel like there's not a lot that we can connect on all the time anymore. And so <laughs> that really gives us something that we can connect on. So it's so we're just yeah. saying don't, we personally don't believe it is the dark side. We don't, it's not the dark side that across the board, terrible things are going to happen. If your kids are watching TV, we just don't, don't believe that. Nor do we believe that everything has to be educational on TV. Please no. You need entertainment and art and fun and love and emotion in your life. It's not frivolous. So moving on to item three, the third thing to keep in mind is that it's okay to say no. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you if you see your child turning into a little demon monster because they've been sitting and not having any activity for the past like three hours and you could like and they still want more screen time and they're arguing with you, it's okay to be like, no, we reached our limits. 
Yeah. Look exactly. At, there's the thing on the fridge. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, and I love that point there too. Like we didn't mention that. Like when you've agreed on the limit, write it down, put it somewhere so that you don't have to constantly be reminding them. Because that's that's mm-hmm. a thing too. I forget a lot of things. We all know that. I do not have the world's best memory. And because of that, <laughs> it is not a hill I will die on. Like 90% of the time, if I'm having a disagreement with somebody about something that I recollect, I'll normally be like, well, I mean, I could be wrong, but this is how I remember it. And I feel like with my kids, they use that to their advantage a lot (laughs) Mm. of like, that's not what you said, mom. That's not what we did last time. And if you have it written down, you don't have to be the one that's constantly nagging, reminding everybody, going back to it. It's like, it's right there. No, it's right there. Sorry. It's It's right there. Right there. there. Yeah. I feel like I have a really good memory, but my kids still try to gaslight me and tell me I said things that I did not say. And I'm like, I did not say that. I trust my own brain. Thank you. That didn't happen. <laughs> and I think kids just just do that. Because I think they, they do. have different memories of situations than we do. Right. It, they they do. And just like anybody else, sometimes they're always trying to see where that bound, how firm that boundary is, which leads and us have, into. Oh, good. Well, also they have a tendency towards overgeneralization. So if you said one time for a specific instance that something was okay. Kids have the tendency to come back and generalize it to every single instance, every single oh, situation. Yeah. So if you're like, oh yeah, you could have screen time, some more screen time today. Cause like you're working downstairs and everything. Kids will be like, oh yeah, well a few weeks ago you said I could have screen time. You're here ready to go like outside with them, but they're remembering that time when you had to work and you said it was okay. And, like, well, I was going to say, especially when you have those people that are very strong black and white thinkers, we have a couple of those mm-hmm. in our household where it's a little bit more of a neurodiverse type of mindset where things are very it's this or it's this. There is no Mm -hmm. gray. They have a very hard time grasping those grays. So yeah, Yeah. those are definitely the times that like you'll do a negotiation of some way, shape or form that day. And your kids will think that that applies to everything because you did it once. So, Mm -hmm. and again, which leads us into item number four. Negotiation's okay. It's okay. You don't have to stick to hard and true deadlines. In our house, negotiation, it happens all the time. I want my kids to negotiate. I don't want them to blindly follow with authority figures. I don't want that to happen. I think that that is a a dangerous situation for them in the future, especially in terms of their career. I want them to negotiate respectfully (laughs) and politely, but disrespect isn't asking or negotiating disrespect is like yelling and calling names throwing so I think the, we have to, throwing the phone at you <laughs> throwing the phone at you that's not negotiating okay. is hey can i have a 30 more minutes on screen time or putting that request through microsoft family the thing is with negotiation make sure you're getting something out of it too i always think about that when my kids ask for more and because of that That is how we really make sure chores get done in the house. My son finishes his screen time. He asks for more time. He comes to me and I'm like, is everything done? And he's like, oh no, it's not. And at first that was a big tantrum when I first started doing that. Oh, I don't want to do it now. And I'm like, well, tool, don't have to do it now, but you're not getting any more screen time until you get it done. So it's your choice here. Uh, And now since we've been pretty consistent with it, he does his chores before he asks for screen time. We've gotten him to uh, fold clothes. His clothes are folded. We got the boy to brush his teeth, which is very hard with nine-year-old boys. 
Um, anything that has like, to do with bathing is hard with boys in general. Ninety percent. Anything of the time. bathing. Take a shower. The rule now is if uh, when we ask you when's the last time you take a shower, if it's not uh, last night, it's time to take a shower. <laughs> so it's not a bad rule of thumb. I would say it's a pretty yeah. good. It's a pretty good one. There were times where we asked him, and he's like. He couldn't even think of the last time he took a shower. We're like, okay, we need to renegotiate these here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, negotiation's but it, okay. Yeah. And I think that, that you said a good thing on that too, is that it if you're negotiating, that is like a as-needed thing. You're not doing it every day. Because if you start negotiating every single day, chances are your kids are going to keep trying to push that limit because they're going to be like, okay, well, it changes a lot. So or mom doesn't really mean it because every time if I just ask her for more, I'm going to get more. So, and I think you also mentioned too about like, it's not necessarily disrespect them asking mm-hmm. for it, but just know that you, well, first of all, when you start putting in limits and you haven't had it before, or you haven't been consistent with it before, there's going to be pushback from your kids. And it's not them trying to push your buttons. It's not them being little punks. They are literally just trying to figure out if this is a, if, how firm this boundary is just like, you would do too, right? Like, I don't know about anybody else, but like, I'm out there driving and I'm on the freeway and the speed limit says 65 and I'm like, I'm getting past. I'm like, I think I can push it a little, little further all the way up until like, you know, nine miles an hour over before I get a speeding ticket. But I'm just saying it's, it's natural for people to push the boundaries to see how far and how firm something is. Yeah. I would have to say, I do have conversations with my kids about tech every day about screen time. It's not like negotiating per se, but it's that time where they come to me and I'm like, okay, well, what else, what else do you have to do? What else can you be doing? I think you need to do something else. My son, after a lot of those conversations, he'll come to me after he uses tech. He's like, okay, I'm going to go take my bike out for a ride around the block. And I'm like, cool. You're getting off your screen. That's awesome. If he ever asks at night for more time, it's no, you need to switch to like a book or something right now because using screen time before bed makes it harder to fall asleep. Right. So there's always reasons when I say no, it's not like a no just for the sake of adhering to the time. It's a no based on reasons. That's excellent because that's what our kids mainly, they need to know that there is a reason for it. Mm -hmm. That again, it's not some arbitrary no. Because nine times out of 10, we have a reason for it. We legit, we said no more than X amount of screen time because of the reasons that you just said. You can't have more screen time because I need you to go to bed in the next hour and it'll, Mm -hmm. studies have proven it wakes up your brain and makes it harder for Mm -hmm. your body to fall asleep. So that's why it's a no. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think talking about it daily is bad, but I'm just saying Mm -hmm. if you're every day moving that time you set a boundary of no more than two hours and every day you guys are negotiating on being more than two hours, then just know they're going to keep asking. Well, yeah. So let me say this. Maybe you don't want to say no more than two hours. Yeah. Right. If you find yourself doing more than two hours, just if you're like, Hey, I'll give you like screen time. You can use any time, two hours a day. Cool. After that we talk. (laughs) Right. So again, you're going to have to find what works for your family, but by having some of these rules in, in place, you're going to greatly decrease, if not stop those tantrums. I can't remember the last time that my kids had a tantrum about technology. I really don't uh, because we do have a very open conversation about it. And it's so because of that, whenever it's brought up that, hey, you, you need to kind of go off for a little while and do something else. 
they don't typically argue because they know my reasons why. And they yeah. also know that they've had a say in it. So mm-hmm. exactly. it does, it does make it a lot easier. Exactly. So agree on those limits. Use that outside device. It's okay to say no if you have your reasons for it. And negotiation's okay. Just make sure that you're benefiting from it too. Because it's a, a lot mutually of times beneficial. It's mutually beneficial because we think we should do these things as moms and set these limits, but then we don't have our own good reasons behind it or and therefore we extend it. We think we're being crappy and then it's like this whole feelings extravaganza. <laughs> so we're just saying it's okay. It's okay. But <laughs> these could, things will you help. You can give them more screen time. And yeah. these things will help. Yeah, definitely. The best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.